Hello, hello, hello. How are we doing? I nearly said yo, yo, yo then. I've got to stop doing that. I've been told I'm not nearly cool enough to uh, start my shows with yo, yo, yo. So I'm trying to grow out of it. But hello, hello doesn't seem any better, does it? I'm Jack Chu. If you're new around here, then that's not probably the best introduction. But uh, we go live 12.30 till 1 o'clock and we chew over what is it, whatever is topical. And the easiest way of doing that, of course, is to pay attention to social media, which we try to do. I try to do. Um, and yesterday I was tagged by Evie Martin, friend of mine, friend of the shows, and generally someone that I think one of the things I love about where that Evie's coming at things is that she's kind of bringing you know, relatively new to Twitter, I think, um, which means that those of us that have been round and round the same topics for seven years and stuff, um, eight years maybe now on there, um, means that she's sort of bringing. She's rehashing it and like working a slightly different angle and then people are able to reiterate their points or bring new ones to bear and stuff. And she she tagged me in this tweet. She was asking someone to talk to her. I don't know if that was sort of privately or publicly or if she's going to broadcast that or something. I don't know because she does some podcasting herself, which would be good. But uh, who should I talk to about? What is politics? How might a healthcare professional's political views interact with their treatment and management approaches? Any ideas? Someone who understands what politics means for a start. Now, I can't be, um, I'm far from that person. Um, wouldn't have put my hand up and, uh, to that because certainly uh, you know, those, are, those are questions I haven't come to try and answer really with regards to it. I think um, I understand the politics and the differences between that and its sort of ethical implications. And I study and care about ideology and how that influences people, but but um, yeah, politics should be downstream of that, in my opinion. Evie, I could. Uh, she then put a really nice sort of graphic on about how uh, sort of ethics and ideology then would feed would feed politics, or might then influence care delivery. And uh, the big part that I wanted to talk to you about today is when I was reflecting on it, and and uh, asked the team as well. I said, like, what, what's what's been going on? We've had a busy morning. I said, what what's been going on on social media? And then really reminded me of, uh, of that tweet. So uh, here we are talking about that. Is that I then thought quickly about how, when I saw it, I was I had mixed emotions really, because f firstly, I like conversation. Deeper the better, um, and more contentious the better really. I think it's one of the things that's a bit of a scourge on our culture that they say don't discuss politics and religion. I think that's a mistake. Um, and so why not get stuck into it? And then in, in almost the next second, I'm then thinking oh, everything, everything getting dragged into politics means that it's just so divisive because it's really difficult to see eye to eye. And I tried to articulate myself into why I think that happens and why really I think it's difficult to find common ground with people often because and there is a clinical proxy to it with regards to some people weighting the subjective over the objective on different things um, and feeling that they and really raise this issue of hypocrisy that he gets frustrated with with regards to people that would not apply the same sort of reasoning processes or even heuristics around their political opinions that they would clinically that there's things that get past them in one that they wouldn't let through in the other uh, which i thought was a, a really good point and one i've spoken to him about before but then the more I see, the way I see it now is it's not going anywhere, highly politicised society and that that would naturally influence things and influence people. Um, and so, yeah, why not talk about it? Why not chew it over and give my, my take on that matter? Um, I think it's something that really um, 
unfortunately i do hear from a lot of people that are frustrated at how politicized everything is and that a discussion needn't descend there so quickly but unfortunately when people are particularly passionate about it as a subject it becomes the lens that they see the world through it becomes very ideological and they are sometimes distinct things you know ideological biases and political biases and stuff but often they sort of fuel in the same sorts of things you know um, it gets a bit wishy-washy in in uh, in the center and, and that you do have people that are more or try and be more issue by issue or they get particularly passionate as an activist in one particular on one particular thing and that their politics is then influenced mainly by that thing and then everything else they become a bedfellow to they're probably not given as much thought to but they care deeply about say the political opinions of but then also sometimes that then gets attached to party politics and electoral politics and, and things like that which uh, which obviously is not don't always have to be fully integrated but uh, often can be so my question to you guys that are listening in if i could uh, live uh, on this which is the first show of the week uh, which is a weird one for me on a wednesday uh, because uh, yeah, I had emergency childcare situation on, on monday so a bit slack of me but sorry got to 200 and then i uh, let off the gas but uh, i'm back i want to ask you directly if you're listening live and you feel like you want to get involved don't worry i'm not going to get you tough to declare your politics or do a political compass test but i want to ask you as to whether or not you think it's a good or a bad thing. do you agree let's go with this one first do you agree that everything has become political and not Edie's fault on this by the way but I just mean it's sort of a, the, the last few years everything's more political and then the second question you know so so do you agree that that's happened and my second question being if so uh, do you think that's uh, for good or for ill you know is that a good thing do you comfortable with that uh, are you torn like I am about it whereby you kind of get it in principle you, you you're into it but then I do sort of sigh and get a bit down about the fact that it's just divisive and, and there's lots of tension and stuff. Um, because, and then over the course of this, I'm gonna share my, my take on Evie's core question, which again, uh, for those at the back and those that have just tuned in, she's asking that second bit then about how might healthcare professionals' political views interact with their treatment and management approach. I think that that's the bit that I suppose I am probably pretty passionate about is that, I have my own take on that, and also one that I think if it deviates too far from my take on that, I think that that's where it could end really badly. But that's a bias that I'll unpack. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested, if you're listening in, I'm interested in that, and I'll come to your comments and points later on in 10 minutes or so once I'm just gonna have the comments. Uh, early doors though, Ali, thank you for joining. He said it's hard to differentiate politics from practice in my special speciality because uh, particularly given the current government so ali uh, for those that haven't tuned into his shows with us before works in adult learning disabilities and um it's therefore um a really interesting point he's making whereby of course and he said on this show of course the, the sort of social consequences and political consequences that will influence his work um, and therefore it'd be difficult to offer that distinction. I think that's a really fair point, Ali. I'd be really interested in your take on what I'm about to go into. Um, and also one of the things that, that he's admitting there as well is that the, the, the politics then get naturally attached to parties and to, the, to the, the sitting government and stuff and who makes the policies that influence it. Those that have paid attention to my work with, with particularly with MSKR, but then generally, if you followed me as a person on social media, you realize I'm not 
I'm not averse to political discussion, less so these days, mainly because of that sort of thing. It's just difficult to find common ground. But I think what I wanted to really get into as to whether or not it should influence your practice, I think that it'd be really naive to think that you can, or that it would be healthy for us to not appropriately personalise the... Um, the care delivery that we have, right, to become really human and to get to know people. They share a lot with us and, and we should share more, um, more, with, more with them and be more person to person. Now, I don't think it should necessarily come up in clinical interactions much, really, as much as it's that Evie seems to be asking as to whether it might colour your reasoning or influence it. Now, I think if, if people's opinions and deep convictions, especially those that they're passionate about, they influence our behaviours, they influence our opinions, they influence a lot of about us. It's very difficult and probably unhealthy for us to try and keep a lid on that and just be almost robotic. I wouldn't advocate for that, you know, I wouldn't on clinical style. And so it'd be naive to then think it can be totally mitigated and it, or, or it'd be healthy to try and do so. However, it depends on what you're doing with that to stop it descending into essentially bigotry, right? If your politics are influencing your opinion and the way in which you're going about things to the point in which it would affect the manner in which you come at an interaction or how much effort you might um, put in or who you'd be more prefer to see or who you'd like to treat and who you wouldn't like to treat, I think that is a really, a, a really difficult situation that we need to try to account for. I don't think that's healthy and I don't think it's certainly a way to set up a health system and i would i would apply that across all different categories and boundaries that people are passionate about really uh, all the various different intersectional categories i don't think it's healthy for us to then treat to type really i just think that that would be really unhelpful and that part of what is powerful about being a healthcare professional is the ability to empathize to have not had to have lived someone else's experience but to empathize with it by hearing them out thoroughly and then having a set of skills that can try and offer a suggestion and work with them to come to a solution together and i think that therefore what i was reading in some of the comments of of evie's thread and what is often seeming to occur with the more politicization of society at large is that these things start to color everything and that's a downside to it is that to me there is this sort of entry level and this is where it's interesting because that's not i'm going to declare my bias right one of the things i call myself if i had to use a label is a, is a conversational liberal so i'm forever using the analogy of getting all the cards on the table right everything needs to be up for discussion very anti-censorship mentioning and talking about free speech on a, on a large and a small scale, bothered about the fact that we don't have an opportunity to talk about things, then you know, if, we, if we don't get through it with words, then that's one of the things that I think violence ensues with. And if we don't therefore get the conversation right, then it's gonna be a problem. So that's kind of what I'm always talking about, conversational liberalism, as I've called it before, which doesn't necessarily have its obvious political home at all but it's a style and it's one that really i think is compatible with my worldview with how it should influence your treatment interventions is that really you should be uh, without prejudice when you come into things and that really to be appropriately compassionate as a healthcare professional then you should be coming at those sorts of interactions without judgment and that would include then the politics and the 
um, other features surrounding that individual that you're trying and, and looking to treat, including as to um, say, um, unless they're, you know, it's difficult when they might be bringing it to the party, right? If they wanted to, they're, if they're politicizing your interaction and they're, and they're baiting you in that direction, it's different. But what I'm getting at here is that, you know, should, should we be at entry point, you go and fetch someone from a waiting room, all you've got is a name, right? You say, right, Mr. Smith, and you're bringing them in. Should you, should your politics particularly influence the way in which you go about that interaction? And so should the difference between, say, your politics and the person of which you might be treated, based on maybe them sharing it with you or based on assumption, um, should that should that be influencing your care delivery? Now, I'm saying that subconsciously and in many ways it's going to, isn't it, right? You're, you might be finding yourself ideologically opposed in many different ways and find that person objectable, objectionable and their views objectionable to the point in which you don't want to you're not going to be best mates with them, right? You're not going to then two months, two years later, when they're not a patient, you bump into them in the pub. You're not going to then go and say, right, we should be, we should be friends. Let's get, let's exchange details, right? They, they're not, they're not your sort of person. You might not like. But should it influence your care delivery? I'm trying to work out how it should and why I'm therefore saying, and I don't know if that's because it just fuels my bias, you know, as a bit of a wishy-washy liberal on this in this sense as well, is that. The coming at things without prejudice is not meant, it's not easy, you know, because it, it's something that, you know, you can't be wholly objective and it wouldn't be helpful to be. But then it's a maturity of a professional and of a, of a fellow human to just recognise that, especially within the job role and the social circumstance to find yourself in where you're set, you've got a set of skills that they're consulting you on for their health, then that really does need to be without without prejudice. And therefore, I think that in at the heart of it, I went through this really interesting journey last night thinking about this um, topic and thinking that I spend time trying to make sure that my political opinions on stuff don't necessarily colour my clinical interactions. But then you would argue, or my practice, but then you could argue that the act of me doing that is in, indeed what I'm describing, right? So the fact that I'm trying to go about things on a position of non-prejudice and being very liberal and sort of right, live and let live. You do, you describe to me what it is you want to do with your body, um, and, and, and without judgment, we will help you to restore your function because that's my role. And the fact that we might disagree on various different other things doesn't matter. And uh, how much money you've got in the bank doesn't matter. And how much tax you pay doesn't matter. And how much we agree on social policy doesn't matter. I'm just going to help you uh, because that's without judgment. I'm therefore saying I'm trying to strip politics from it, but that almost is a political position in and of itself, isn't it? Right? That is that is a a, a classically liberal position and one that, um, funnily enough, does does correspond in many ways to some parts of of my politics. Um, admittedly, and I'm not trying to hide from admitting this, but don't think it would be an interesting show. But equally, if you guys are interested, I'm happy to do that and have discussions with people about this. But you know, I often, if I had to, I'd describe my politics as a la carte, really, issue by issue. I think that the detail matters and I think that ideologies are a scourge of all of it. You'd find me in various different areas dotted across a political spectrum and that therefore I'm difficult to place, not especially party political. Um, and, but yeah, I think on economic terms which is often what came up on the uh, on the thread there were a few people talking about economics and stuff that you would find me um in keeping with my working class background being left to center and for distribution but certainly 
into um, community rather than in than than selfish individualism, which I find at the extremes of this part of the, of a spectrum. And therefore, I think that that's one of the things that makes me think that probably on reflection, my position that I can't kid myself in thinking is apolitical. I think it's actually quite political. Is that fundamentally? I think that um, really I'm for trying to help that person to engage within whatever units of, of, of community that they want to from from family onwards and, and that family centrism um the fact that i uh, am passionate about helping people return to work and engage in whatever it is they want to do to make a living that's an inherently political position compared to some you know there are some uh, that, that feel that actually that it is part of the part of the uh, issue in our in our discourse in, in, in healthcare is trying to lionize um, return to work metrics as being successful when actually you're just commoditizing people's labor and stuff. Whereas for me, I do think that there is some human agency and that people aspiring to do that if they want to and helping them to do that is a really rewarding part of it. Whereas I think that that is something we can't pretend is apolitical and I don't want to therefore do that. Um, but I just think that with what I've been seeing and with our politics becoming more divisive, as I think that those tribal lines could get drawn and you could end up having more inherently known political affiliations that would get attached to, say, treatment styles and the like. I've mentioned on this show, one of the most political chewing it over shows I did was based on this analogy I've described before, where I say that in, in um, if you overindulge a, a sort of stereotypical political ideology one side or the other, you can, you can end up... Uh, making a mistake in, in, in a care delivery metaphor. I'll repeat it here, is that I was saying that essentially if you've got someone who's, someone that's uh, in a chair and they are for some reason ill enough to not be able to get out of the chair, then it might feel intuitively caring to lift them out of the chair, right? It would be to, to, to then offer some enough support to get them out of the chair and lift them out of it, but you're never going to train them to be able to lift themselves. And we know that that's therefore going to, be at risk of disabling them. And I was describing that as being like a, a, a certain version of a very coddling leftism. And then the other side of it, if you get carried away, is that you then instead, that, that trying to get them out of the chair, you're not going to help them. You don't want to put yourself out. But also, if I charge you enough to be in that chair, then maybe you'll eventually want to leave it, right? That's a, a, an, especially an economic right-wing position would be to then try to create an incentive structure that then baited them out of the chair, particularly using economics. Um, I suppose if we were just, just using economics, you could say that the, that the left had, in that, in that equivalent, you'd right and maybe charge them to be in the chair, the left would pay them to get out of it, maybe, or something like that. But it was an imperfect analogy, but one that generally, if we think about how that might, if, if that, if that, if your tribal ideology started to, and your political persuasion started to directly influence your clinical care on, on how you approach things, and you decided to, you think that my position of non-judgment is naive, and that we should be trying to account for some of the countervailing social forces and the sort of more intersectional analysis of things where you distribute people into their different categories and hierarchies of, of, of needs, um, obviously, I'm very old faith. Um, as a as a recovering socialist to a Marxist critique of this, and so um, it's something that you some people do come at the world and see the world that way. Uh, they would they would just be saying that really we should be we should be recognising sort of a victim and oppressor binary or at least spectrum in various different levels of analysis, uh, of which 
for me, um, more I've thought about that over many years, um, then you know, to, to my mind, you can't, I don't know why people sort of check out a, a certain category. I feel like they make a category error in that if you're intersectional enough, you end up so intersectional that you're bothered about the end of what? You're bothered about the individual and therefore you go on an individual rights basis and then bespokely, bespokely? It's not a word, is it? You tailor the treatment to be bespoke for that individual. And I think that that care delivery, both on assessment and on treatment, is something that clinically makes sense. But also, I think that's kind of where my politics ends up being. Really, is the individual rights for community focus. Once you've once you've done that, you then trusting those people to have a voice and agency in a system it makes me uh, one of those naive sort of people that uh, is into democracy as well. Um, but um, you know, generally, it, it's not fair for anyone to imply, including me that they have an apolitical position. Um, and so the title of this, why is everything political? Why that's okay is because I think I'm tempted because I don't like the fact that it gets heated sometimes in this space to sort of say like, we need to depoliticize stuff, but that'd be, I think it's okay for it to be political because I think that fundamentally, if you, if you scratch at it, the ethics and the ideologies and, and things and the, uh, the opinions and, and how that links to social policy is inherently political. And a bit like Ali said at the start of the show, I think it's something that um, these things have real world consequences on our patients, but also real world con consequences on our work, you know, and, and that therefore it'd be strange to divorce it. Um, and so, yeah, I'm gonna revisit the comments now. Thank you to Ali and, uh, and Martin and Sam across various LinkedIn, Twitter, a few of the places that they're uh, they're sharing their thoughts on. Um, but uh, Martin, he said, I don't think it is. Individuals make it so. Sometimes it's surprising where convos go on Twitter. Yeah, I agree. It's amazing. People, I always think it's funny. You look at it and you go, bloody hell, that's a tangent, isn't it? And then it's just not for them, right? Because some people, that's how they think and so they what looks like a massive leap to some people it's just their next breath and so i agree with you martin alice then said for me being human and adapting approaches is something i'm a strong advocate for for me it goes too far when you're mirroring offensive views it's the more yeah or your views affect your treatment to the extent of being non-evidence-based i.e e.g. anti-vax or suggesting people eat horse deworming paste <laughs> um so the first part there i think it's well worth is just hovering over i think that that's one of the things that makes it such an interestingly political profession or industry at large almost because adapting approaches as as Ali's described it, right? That that's rehab, isn't it? That's art, artistic healthcare. And so, if you're into rehab, it's why it's so obvious, and certainly not some of that I have a problem with, that skews healthcare left on a classic spectrum because of the way in which it's got a belief in rehabilitation, restoration, retribute. You know, instead of sort of retribution and punishment. So you imagine that someone that's, that believes in, in in adapting approaches and helping someone to, 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 to live their best self and trusting them to do that and to participate in it and to better themselves and just helping them to do that. That process is inherently small and liberal. 
and and has, uh, has some natural left wing uh, history to it compared to you know, let's just say like um, the the death penalty is a good example on this is that you've got then um, I was I can't remember I'm describing that we're discussing that with one of my team recently where rehab um, if you're into if you're into rehabilitation and you believe in someone's ability to change then you are going to be likely to be not always but likely to be against the, the death penalty because of the way in which you would want to give someone the opportunity to as well as then of course the other consequences of wrongful imprisonment and the like which are all, all sorts of good arguments against the death, death penalty but I think one of the reasons that ideologically people would be opposed to it in principle and I'm certainly is because you've got a belief in the fact that then someone can better themselves or to be of some service to society or even in a prison environment if they need to be kept away from people to keep the world safe and I think that then that skews us right and that's what I didn't realize that um, I didn't realize that, that, that Ali was going to absolutely nail it with you know adaptability adapting approaches and then re and then rehabilitation which we're both passionate about I think is really interesting um, hi Gita oh brilliant she's uh, she's commented on on Facebook Gita of course um, former uh, Tune it over, guests. Thank you for commenting. I often find that people push back and say we should stop being political when they feel uncomfortable and don't agree, or a person who's challenged by the comment or situation. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's when you hear it most, isn't it? Like, um, which is a shame, definitely. I think that one of the things that's that's hard is that, unfortunately, some people are wanting everything to be political as long as it's on their terms. You know, it's why. I just, you know, it's why I'm passionate about what I do as a broadcaster in always, most often in conversation, if not with someone as an interlocutor in an interview situation or a discussion, but then trying to engage you guys as, a, as an audience is because I think it's something that that's where it really will, it will die a death is if we the conversation breaks down and that's so often happens because of defensiveness because people perceive that they, their position is apolitical and someone else is making it political. When, as I've just described it and admitted myself, is that there are areas where it's only apolitical because it's your prior, right? It's your baseline. It's your inherent starting point. And, and it varies from person to person as to how much they've scrutinized that themselves. Is it that that's what they've come to after a lot of self-interrogation and reflection? Or is it that they've just got those priors that if you ask them about them, they wouldn't know why? And sometimes it's like familial heritage or your upbringing and stuff that's just sort of make bandwagons you into having certain views. Uh, there's sometimes a stronger, more political figure in your, in, in, in your home or in your friendship group that just has been like semi-persuasive. And I think that that's something that, that seems to have that bandwagon effect sometimes. But what Geet is describing there, just that comment again, is that when defensiveness or discomfort occurs, it's such a shame when that happens because it breaks down good conversation. But then also there are some people that are making it uncomfortable for others by then themselves being defensive when they're not having it all their own way, right? It's, it's a bit embarrassing for me as someone that, that thinks that sunlight is the best disinfectant and that the friction that can occur in a debate can create good energy and all the various metaphors and analogies I use for what is positive confrontation. It is for me a crying shame when, when people are only wanting to be provocative when it's on their terms and in the direction of travel that they'd be happy with and don't offer then a good counter to a different narrative that they might disagree with, especially politically. And so, yeah, the debate has broken down, as we know the public debate has in, in many ways. So Joe Turner said that chameleon we've talked about, 
Um, she's talking to Ali, of course. I think that that's what's interesting as well is that we all want to be more authentic in our clinical interactions, but then we all kind of know as well that there is some adaptability from patient to patient that we see, as well as then you walk out of the staff room and into your clinic room, would you always be exactly the same person? No, you wouldn't. And you wouldn't be exactly the same person, but you could be you could be actually more somber and sincere and, and serious in the staff room than you would with a particular patient in a particular context, because we do adapt. It's natural. And our professional identity is woven into that. Um, and, and, and it's why I hope I've meandered on this journey on this episode, uh, provoked by Evie Martin. So thank you, Evie, for, for doing so. A reminder again um, for those that, oh, before I do, um, this is a, this is good. Certainly, if you we should do it, chewing it over on cognitive dissonance, it gets thrown around a lot, but denying the space and discourse, absolutely. Um, and and um, we need to make sure we, I think it's one of the things that doesn't get called out enough, really, is who, who shut down? Who shuts down the conversation? You know, who stops it flowing? Who's not giving people room? Who's not giving people opportunity to, to get their voice out there? Um, and and so um, I think that's a really good point. And thank you, thank you, Gita. I'm sorry for those comments I've not been able to get to. Last thing for me today is just to flash up what inspired this chat. I was tagged in this tweet from Evie Martin. Thanks again, Evie, for that. And uh, and it got me to thinking that uh, yeah everything is political if you if you drag it all the way down you know politics are are influencing everything i would argue that sometimes it feels like politics are infecting everything and that's not a good thing but as a general rule um it's only if you were to to perceive yourself and your p opinions to be the neutral uh, that that you that is a position of sort of a cognitive bias that you need to maybe have a, a look at and uh, yeah, certainly something I could see myself being at risk of doing uh, until I gave myself uh, some self-scrutiny today. And I'm glad I've been able to sort of chew that over with you today. Thank you for everyone that's participated. Really looking forward to, to chatting to you later in this week. And we've got some exciting guests coming up in the next couple of weeks as we build towards Therapy Live business, which if you haven't got your ticket, then they're going to sell out probably this week, which is really cool. And uh, we've got a business show to try and help the private sector to step up and help the health of the nation, uh, which inherently political, isn't it? Let's be honest, therapy businesses and the interactions between the sectors, bloody politics, isn't it? Why not? So uh, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it and uh, really enjoyed this. So I'll speak to you soon. All the best. Where's my thing gone? There it is.